best advice I could tell you is uh, don't be scared to ask for help. You know, um, really, you'd be surprised how many people are willing to help you if you just ask. You know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of times you're 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 starting something and you're you're questioning yourself. You're like, am I doing this? Is this right? Am I wrong? What should I do next? How do I make the next step? You know, uh, should I stop? Should I go? And and a lot of times I found reaching out and asking for help, even if it wasn't directly related to that one situation, people would be willing to give you advice or lead you to somebody who could help you. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com, grab some time with us to chat, and always here to help. Now, today we've got another uh, great uh, guest on the podcast, Richard Gould. And uh, Richard, uh, so Never graduated high school, never graduated college, but started working at a young age and in between, or was it or at a point was in between jobs. Friend asked him if he wanted to come and do a paint job, said it would sounded great, decided to do it. I went and worked for a great mentor. Mentor um, was retiring, so he took over the mentor's business for, uh, for a while. After about five years, con- or contemplated moving to a new, a new and bigger home. Um, and his brother uh, had moved to North Carolina, so he decided to sell the business sell the house, move to North Carolina, um, and then start the business over. Found it was more difficult to start the business over again, learned a lot of uh, great lessons, build up the business again over time, and then uh, branched out into franchising it as well, um, and uh, took a bit of a, a different uh, model as, as far as the franchise model, and he'll get into that a bit more. So with that much as introduction, welcome on the podcast, Richard. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's quite the synopsis of my life. I was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if I can just uh, take everybody's life and condense it into, into 30 seconds, then, uh, then we, we really live pretty simple lives. But uh, I suspect there's a bit more behind the 30-second condensed version of the journey. So why don't you take us a bit, about, a bit back in time as to when your journey got started? And it uh, sounds like, you know, coming out of or partially coming out of high school, didn't quite graduate, and how you kind of decided to dive into things from there. Yeah, I mean, like high school for me was one of those places that, uh, you know, it just wasn't for me, just didn't didn't enjoy the, the, the classes. I didn't feel like I was getting anything out of it. And I unfortunately probably didn't have the, the my parents probably should have did a better job of making sure I did. But that being said, um, you know, after getting out of high school, you know, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. You know, I was at the time I was just... Uh, I moved out of my house when I was, uh, you know, 17 years old. I went to go live with a friend of mine and his family, and it was a really good experience. I, I went and saw a family that was like, wow, they eat dinner together. They do all these things that are so different than mine. And uh, it really uh, trained me to, to say, oh, there's a different way to live. And so, you know, through those ex- that experience, you know, it really taught me that uh, just because of what your circumstances are doesn't mean that's going to dictate your future. And, uh, so I took that with me and then, so anyway, so to, to get to, you know, the painting part, which is important is, yeah, I was just in between jobs. I was working warehouses and, and, you know, I was doing well. I was always, I always worked hard. I always was, you know, made money. I always felt good about that, but I was at a crossroads. And, uh, 
so I started uh, like a friend of mine, Gary, he, uh, he says, Hey, do you want to go paint? And I said, okay. So I go do that. And the first house that I worked on, I must've scraped and scraped. And I think I scraped some more for, you know, weeks. And uh, the guy, Don, who I ended up, you know, taking the business over from, he says, Hey, he's like, if you could, if you can stick it out for this, this long on this bad of a job, you'll probably be okay in this business. So, you know, it took me a little while um, at that same time, I was young and I was also, I was DJing at clubs. I was having a good time as a, as a, as a young man, you know, uh, enjoying my life. There were some times when I was uh, working to be a no call, no show, because I was out till four o'clock in the morning and, you know, didn't show up to work the next day, but he stuck with me more than I was sticking with him. And, uh, you know, and I'm glad because maybe he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, five, six, seven years later, I take the business over, he retires. And, um, you know, I, 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 I had a plan, you know, when I first started painting, I said, you know, one of my goals was to have the, the biggest painting company in the country. Okay. And that was, uh, that was awfully naive of myself at the moment. And, uh, I didn't, you know, even to this day, I still don't know how that's going to happen, but it's always been in my mind. Hey, it's and, a good audacious uh, goal. There's uh, certainly nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, it's, it, and, it, and it really, it's just because anything that I do, it's like, you know, if you're going to do it, I want to push it as far as I can. And, um, and painting is, is a business that uh, while on the surface, people look down on it and they think, oh, painting, it's for, you know, you ever hear the, the story about there's drunks and, and, and people who, you know, they're drinking on the job and doing all those kind of things. And unfortunately, that's the, the, the uh, perception is, is the reality. Um, but the, the truth of the matter is, is that there's, you know, in franchising, especially, I think, you know, uh, there are days when I question franchising, you know, the business itself, um, the model um, where, you know, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're just, it's just a game, you know, it feels like it's, it's like who's racing to be the top hundred or selling 50 units in six months and growing so fast and the hottest and the newest uh, business. But if you, but at the same time, the franchising businesses uh, out there have really helped elevate painting also, you know, so as much as I might criticize or be, you know, not feel like they're doing things the way I think they should be done. But that's, you know, that's my opinion. But they've really helped elevate the game. So, me, uh, so I want to no, and, and before we dive into a bit of franchising now, maybe just uh, diving a bit back into your journey, because I know one of the things you talked about. So rehearsing a bit. You went and you said, okay, I'm going to, you had a great mentor. He stuck with you probably more than it was warranted. He saw some good in you. Um, you know, even when some days you were no show or weren't uh, paying it as close attention as you should, you, you matured, you know, or both in, you know, business and probably just uh, overall. Um, and eventually you took over that uh, or that business from your mentor. Is that right? That's correct. And I guess where my life changed, and I'll tell you this, uh, when I, I lived in New Jersey, um, I had my most of my family had moved to Florida. I was still in New Jersey. And I remember taking a trip to Florida. And, um, you know, I got there and I and I was there for, you know, vacation. And I'm visiting my family. And I thought to myself, I don't want to end up like this. <laughs> you know, while I love my family, they just never, you know, my my dad, my mom, they just never could, you know, make the right decisions. They could never pull themselves up and, and, and get a, get ahead. Right. And so that 
coming back from that trip is like the beginning of my new life, I like to say, because I said, uh, if I continue doing what I'm doing, I may just end up the same, you know, no direction, no sort of ambition. And so I totally changed my whole thought process. And I don't think I've missed a day of work since that day. And, um, and I'm happy with that. And it's really helped me become who I am. Um, so experience, that experience is really what changed me. So, um, you know, and, and, and so starting the business from Don, Don was a, a man who, uh, you know, he had in his day, he had, you know, 10, 15 guys working for him and he was doing really well by the time I came along, you know, it was just me and him, <laughs> you know, it was just, uh, a lot of, you know, just working together and, you know, me being young, thinking I knew everything and I could try to tell him what I thought was better. And he was usually right. And I was usually wrong. Um, but I do remember a, a specific time that was also integral in my uh, growth is we were on a, he had a rental property that was his old house. He rented it out and we're sitting up on the roof and changing some shingles and replacing this roof. Me and just me and him, it's a hundred degrees outside. And I'm thinking, man, this is terrible. Um, but you know, he's, we're taking a break and he says, uh, Richard, I just want you to know that, you know, I'm a millionaire. And, uh, I was like, you know, first thing that went through my mind was why in the F are we up on this roof, putting this roof on, if you're a millionaire, that was what I was thinking, you know, not thinking that what he was actually trying to tell me was that if I stick with this and I, you know, dedicate myself to it, I could be, I could do the same thing. And, uh, and so that's another moment that you say, okay, I look back and it, I'll never forget because it wasn't about the roof. It wasn't about anything. It was just him trying to tell me, you know, uh, you know, get your head out of your ass and we, and you can actually do something. And so, you know, another time that I, that I, you know, listened. And so, you know, and in through the, you know, going past that, when I took the business over from him, you know, I had a, a pretty good plan. I mean, uh, one of the things that always, I remember him telling me was, Within six months of me taking the business over, he was so surprised that nobody called him anymore. You know, he thought people would continue to, because I changed the phone number, did some different things. And one of the first things I did was I sent everybody a, a uh, you know, a letter at the time in the mail. And I said, hey, you know, I'm taking over and uh, Don's no longer, you know, in charge. You know, I am. And I gave him a 20% discount and, you know, to call and, and do it. And so that was that was the start of my marketing world of realizing that the more that you get involved with uh you know changing the 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 thought process of the customer to you know think that you're the only one there they won't think about the other person and so you know fast forward to you know moving from you know from new jersey to north carolina um i i I thought it was going to be easy. You know, I was super just successful. One quick question. What, what prompted the move or, you know, and certainly we'll get into, you know, starting over, but, you know, so you have the business, you've taken it over, you have the clientele, they've switched over to you. You had a business already well established and sounds like doing fairly well. So what made you decide to kind of pack up, start the business over and go somewhere else? There's a few factors. I mean, in, you know, uh, New Jersey is a, is a tough state for business. You know, it's not the, I mean, there's plenty of people in business in New Jersey. I'm not saying it's not somewhere that anybody could be or run a business, but the dynamics around it, taxes, um, you know, the cost of business, the rules, regulations are, are a little more stringent. Um, that's one small factor. Uh, another factor is, you know, I was starting, I was starting a family. I had owned a, a two-family house and I was looking to move, you know, to either build a house or, or, um, 
or, you know, uh, buy a house and, you know, the prices were, you know, you're going to build a house. It's going to be $500,000, $700,000. And that wasn't even the worst part. The worst part was the, is the taxes, you know, uh, taxes on a house like that in New Jersey were anywhere from 15 to $25,000 a year just for the taxes. And so uh, my brother, uh, who was already uh, living in North Carolina, he works in racing. So he was here for a while. I had a bunch of friends here because I also raced, you know, uh, a bunch. And um, I said to myself, self, you know, if you're ever going to move and do anything like that, it's, it's now. Because if I don't think my wife would have been as supportive if my kids would have been uh, had started school already because they were still in preschool in that process, it was a little bit easier to convince her that, okay, if we're going to do this, now's the time. Um, I think if, uh, if they had started school, she would have not been very supportive. So the timing was right. You know, um, it just was, uh, it was just opportunity. And I really thought in the back of my mind that uh, this is not a, you know, going to be better tomorrow plan, but it's going to be a 10 year plan, you know, where I think in 10 years from now, I'll be way better off than I would have been if I just stay here. Um, and part of it too is, uh, you know, when you take over a business and you're comfortable, it's almost, uh, it's almost uh, a negative because you, you just, you're just going in the motions. You're just doing what you did already did. And you don't feel like you're going to take any chances. This is working. So me, me going out of my comfort zone and starting something completely different, uh, just made me grow. And uh, it's really the best thing I ever did. I mean, there were challenges. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I think within the first six months, I thought to myself, what did I do? Why did I? Curiosity, Because I mean, that is, you know, I think at the heart of some of the questions, because almost what your experience is having to, in a sense, you got a short circuit doing or building the business from the ground up when you initially got into it because you took over an existing business. And so what were the differences between just running the business or growing a business versus starting it? What were the, the differences and challenges? Uh, well, the first thing is, is imagine taking a business over that you're already at the top of the market. You are the, you know, the go-to uh, person in your area. Now I'm going to go to a, a completely new area um, from the north, moving to the south. And I have to now establish who I am and, and what we do. Um, although I always said to myself, even before that was, all I had to do was just get to work for people. Once I work for people, they'll get it and they'll understand it. And I always knew that, but on that journey, it's hard to remember that, you know, when you're, you know, uh, and we moved, you know, we moved in 2007, which while I left New Jersey in the best possible time, I moved to North Carolina in the worst possible time, you know, uh, here housing had crashed, you know, there were, they, there were people out of work. There were just not, you know, um, it wasn't growing. It was, it was retracting. And so, um, you know, my, my plan of, well, I, you know, I had this nest egg of money where, yeah, I did really well with selling my house. I had another house I sold, I sold the business. So I was able to be, uh, I didn't have to go get a job, right? I said, okay, I can take my time and I can really do this the right way. Instead of, you know, one of the biggest mistakes people make in business is when they're desperate, they make bad decisions. And so for me, um, I was able to make good decisions because I had the fallback of, okay, I still have money. I still have enough, you know, money that I can, you know, if it all goes wrong, I could start all over again, you know? So, um, but that's, that's a part of it. And so um, to, you know, so anyway, so that dynamic of starting something new is where 
um, you now have to figure out different ways to be successful. You can't just rely on what you had before. You can't, you know, before I just, like I said, sent a letter out to 150 people and 20 people called me, you know? And so, and, and, and I was also going to be able to go give a price that was at the top of the market. Now you have to start the opposite. You have to be the guy that's the most competitive in order to get work. I don't care how great you think you are. You can't go get a job and say, oh, well, I've done this a thousand times and I'm going to charge you a thousand dollars and somebody else is saying 500. You have to charge 450, you know, to get the job, to prove to people how good you are or what you, what you offer. And so, and then once you do that, that's how, you know, just build that reputation. And, um, and that's what Richard's painting is really all about is reputation building, uh, you know, um, the customer service and and really what we try to to emphasize is the experience. You know, uh, believe it or not, we 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 have an experience when you hire us. It's not just uh, you know he's coming in, he's going to throw some paint up on the wall and then walk out the door. You know, we really want to uh, show people that you know when you treat somebody's you know a house with respect or you have good quality people working and people believe it or not are more uh, excited to see people who are there that they can trust and they can feel like are just there to help them compared to the painting. The painting sometimes is irrelevant. You know, it's, it's, it's the experience. I mean, it's no different than I tell people all the time. It's, it's like here in North Carolina, you know, you have Carowinds or you have, you know, any sort of amusement park and, you know, it costs you, uh, um, you know, 150 bucks to go there for a day, but people are willing to pay thousands a day to go to Disney. You know, they all have rides, they all have shows, and they all have food. But for some reason, the experience that you get at Disney is worth 10 times more. <laughs> so that's what I try to, uh, you know, that's what our goal is here at Richard's Painting is to provide an experience that people feel comfortable with and they want to have over and over again. And they're willing to pay for it. No, and I think that, you know, what's interesting is, you know, in a different industry, which is I'm in the legal industry, but there are a lot of the, the same thing. There are a lot of good attorneys out there. There are a lot of good painters out there. And yeah, some of that experience of, hey, first of all, as easy as it sounds, pick up the phone or return the message. If they shoot you an email or give you a call, answer the phone. And if you don't, then make sure you turn them back. That right there sets you, I think, apart from 80% of the people out there, because half the time it takes days or weeks to hear back if you ever do. And the person's having to call you and follow up. And then the next thing is show up on time and do what you say you're going to do. And that, again, that puts you, I think, at 90 or 95%. And then if you can further even make the experience of, hey, treat their house well, you actually are respectful and you are treating them like a client rather than just a paycheck and those type of things, you know, is, is a lot of those simple things, which you say, hey, that's, you know, common sense, which it really is. But if you can create that good experience, a lot of businesses just fail at that. And it's interesting how as easy as it sounds, you can set aside if you do those things that people, you know, that should be common sense that are missing out in a lot of industries, you start to get that reputation. You start to get those people that are wanting to come back to you and refer you and, and otherwise uh, just by doing a good job and, and by creating that experience. And so I, I would certainly think it resonates across a lot of industries. I, I got to tell you, uh, you know, I hear a lot of people, you know, hear a lot of people talking and, you know, you have all these people, especially now with social media, uh, talking about how hard it is to run a business and how this is so hard. And this is, the, you know, to be honest with you, business is not that hard. You know, it's not hard if because usually uh, you have this phrase that I use is if you if if you make it hard, it usually is hard. 
You know, like if you don't do those things, well, it's going to be hard if you don't show up on time, if you don't do what you're expected to do, if you don't hire quality people, yes, it's going to be hard, you know, because you're setting yourself up for failure. But if you just use some common sense, you try to do the best job you possibly can, it's it's almost hard to fail. You know, there's I'm amazed by, you know, when you watch see other businesses and, and you see them, you know, they're doing they're almost successful despite themselves. You know, and that's more amazing to me than anything. You know, you or I who are out there trying to do the right thing and try to make everything the best, you know, experience you can have for for your customer. Um, and then you have other people out there who, like right now, uh, you know, these people are where, not say people, but companies, businesses, individuals, where when things are good, everybody looks good, you know, because there's so much work and there's so much opportunity out there that you don't even have to be good at what you do. And you'll still you'll still be able to create a you know create an income create a a, a business, but when things go down and when the economy is is, is retracting and and there's uh you know there's ten painters and there's only five jobs, that's where you find out all the work that you did while everybody else was just being greedy and just trying to get by and not really care. That's where you become successful. That's where long term success comes. Um, and I'm well, sure you know this also. I like that the other thing you hit on was, you know, and we could, I'm sure, chat about it all day. But, you know, the idea that when times are good, as an example, if you're in the real estate market right now, houses are yeah, at least I think across a lot of the country, including where I'm at, houses are going, you know, is, or almost is going off the market as soon as they're put on there. Very hot housing market. And it makes it easy for realtors to come and sell things are relatively easy. And I still get those work. And I'm not saying it's just there's no work involved, but it's there's a plenty of demand um, for what they're doing. And yet, on the other hand, when you have a down housing market or you, things aren't selling as quickly or there isn't as hot of demand, that's the, I think a lot of times when it shows the true colors of, hey, how do you manage your business? How do you manage your relationships? Are you doing a good job? Do you have a good reputation? Are you taking care of your clients? And that's where I think a lot of times you're revealing when things are good, it's much it's much easier to cover up the things that you should be doing but aren't because there's enough, you know, there's more demand than there is supply type of a thing. But I think that there's a lot of takeaway of making sure you're doing those things when times are good, because inevitably with every business, there are going to be good times and there are going to be slow times. And when you hit those slower times or the lower demand if you're the one that's been doing those consistently you're going to have a much better or go of it when when the things are slower so i think that's a great takeaway and with that you know we could talk a lot more in all day but as we're starting to reach the end of the podcast always yes. some questions that i love to or love to hit on at the end so we'll jump to those now so the first question i always ask and maybe you hit on it just a bit but along your journey what was the worst business decision you ever made and what'd you learn from it uh gosh um you know, I, that question is a good question. And at the same time, I feel like there were no bad decisions because any decision you make, you can learn from, right? But, um, you know, one of, the, one of the worst decisions I made was underestimating my own ability or overestimating my own ability. You know, sometimes you uh, get overconfident, you know, and uh, while the you know, I could say this two ways. While moving to North Carolina was the best decision I made, sometimes it was the worst decision I made at the same time. Um, and, and I tried to take that worst decision and make the best out of it. You know, there was a, there was a point where I, you know, I said, you know, talking about having money. After a while, you start to go through your money and you start to say to yourself, wait a second. Um, 
if I go back to New Jersey, there's, I'd be worse off than I started, you know? And so you ha- I really had to buckle down and commit and say, I'm going to make this work. You know, this is going to work. And I had to, you know, push through my fears and push through my, you know, uh, almost, I think I was getting lazy and I had to say, okay, this is the new plan. And, th- and this is how I did it. So yeah, I, I can say that, uh, that was my worst decision. Um, no, let me back up one real quick. I one time partnered with a guy in a roofing business and I thought I could change him. I was wrong. Uh, I invested $25,000. I got his business running. There was one day the roofers called me and they say, Hey, uh, we're doing this job. And and I tried to call, uh, so-and-so and he's not answering the phone. I said, uh, you know, we need to know about this part in the roof. And I said, okay, so let me call him. Uh, so he doesn't answer the phone for me. I drive over to the guy's house. He was still in bed. It was 11 o'clock in the morning and I was funding his life. And, uh, I, that was my last uh, time I dealt with that. So that was my worst business decision. Um, if I could back up. I'll take you. What is it? The move was great and terrible, but the the partner that you couldn't change. Hey, if I can find someone that will do run all the business and I can make all the money, I'll I'll, I'll be anybody's (laughs) partner for that. But it's not how it it works and it's certainly not going to work long-term. So I think that's a great uh, lesson to learn from. Yeah. Second question I always ask is if you're talking to somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what'd be the one piece of advice you'd give them? Um, the, the best advice I could tell you is, uh, don't be scared to ask for help. You know, um, really you'd be surprised how many people are willing to help you if you just ask, you know, there's, uh, you know, a lot of times you're, you're, you're starting something and you're, you're questioning yourself. You're like, am I doing this? Is this right? Am I wrong? What should I do next? How do I make the next step? You know, uh, should I stop? Should I go? And, and a lot of times I found reaching out and asking for help even if it wasn't directly related to that one situation, people would be willing to give you advice or lead you to somebody who could help you. And that, that's the number one thing I would say is, is don't be scared to ask for help. Oh, and I think there's a lot, and you know, it's interesting. I think we're up to almost uh, 400 episodes or so. And that one's come up, you know, several times is, and I think that a lot of time the hesitation is, well, if I ask for help, one, I don't want to be a burden on anybody else. And they're busy and they have a lot of things going. And, you know, you know, and I know better than they do. And you can make up any number of excuses or, you know, reasons why you don't reach out for help. And yet I think the best thing that you can do is to ask for help. And sometimes people may not have time. They'll be busy and they'll say no. But most of the time they're going to be willing to help out, answer questions, see what they can do now doesn't mean they're going to come run your business for you. It doesn't mean that they're going to take over or they're going to do everything for you. But if you're saying, hey, I need a bit of guidance, I need a bit of mentorship, I need a bit of direction, I need a sounding board. Can you give me some ideas? I think most people are, are pretty willing to help out, especially if they've been there and done that before. So I think that's a, a great piece of advice. Well, if people want to reach out to you, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be a franchisee, or they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out to you, contact you, find out more? I mean, I think the best way is uh, just log on to richardspainting.net. Um, the information about franchising, our locations, uh, information about painting, um, even if you need a job, you know, it's all there. So that would be the best way to, to you know, for uh, people throughout the country to find me or find our business. And, uh, you know, lastly, I just like to say is, is, you know, Richard's painting as, as a franchise, 
you know, we're, we're just a little bit different than, than the others. And that's what I'm trying to promote. And uh, I really in this to, to change people's lives, um, not just to start a business, but to take somebody who is kind of stuck and not sure what they, what they want to do, what they can do, or they feel like they, they're at a time. Uh, you know, our business is, is affordable enough that you can get in and you can, you know, take a small investment and turn into a, into a million dollar business. And that's, that's really just what I want to say. Oh, I think that that's uh, definitely a, a, a great uh, connections. I think that uh, it's certainly a, a great uh, franchise for those that are interested and definitely encourage people to reach out, connect up, and if nothing else, make a new best friend. With that, um, thank you again for coming on the podcast. It's been a fun. It's been a pleasure. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell and you'd like to be guests on the podcast, we'd love to have you. Just go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the show couple more things as listeners make sure to click subscribe make sure to click share make sure to leave us a review so we want to make sure that everyone finds out about all these awesome episodes and last but not least if you ever need help with your patents your trademarks or anything else with your business just go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat he's here to help thank you again richard for coming on the podcast and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last thank you so much